this is the Grain Farmers Ontario Market Trends Commentary for December and January of 2018. The machinery is put away and snow has fallen across much of the North American Corn Belt as another year is rapidly coming to an end. There might be a few cornfields left out there to harvest, but realistically the 2017 crop year has come to an end. It was marked from some very uneven weather across the Corn Belt, but it didn't seem to make any difference to yield overall. It is a testament to weather conditions. Yields have been maintained and increased across the board. In their December World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates, USDA weighed in on their latest crop numbers. Usually the December report is of little consequence to overall market action. It comes a month before the final USDA report in January, which is typically explosive in nature. On December 12th, the USDA maintained 2017 yield estimates 175.4 bushels per acre for corn and 49.5 bushels per acre for soybeans. Now, in the December report, the USDA pegged U.S. corn ending stocks at 2.437 billion bushels, which is below pre-report estimates. USDA actually increased ethanol usage by 50 million bushels as U.S. ethanol exports have been strong. Higher U.S. sorghum export estimates were also a reason as some ethanol plants which use both corn and sorghum use more corn. U.S. corn exports were maintained from November at 1.925 billion bushels. On the soybean side, USDA actually reduced soybean exports 25 million bushels as Argentinian and Brazilian exports remain strong. The soybean ending stocks was actually increased by 20 million bushels to 445 million bushels. USDA maintained Brazilian and Argentinian soybean production at 108 million metric tons and 57 million metric tons respectively. And the USDA actually lowered wheat exports by 25 million bushels to 975 million bushels partly because Canadian export pace has been highly competitive to U.S. interests. Now, on December 15th, corn futures were higher, but soybeans and wheat futures were lower than the last market trends report. And the Canadian dollar noon rate on December 15th was 0.7792 U.S., down from the 0.7885 U.S. reported here last month, and the Bank of Canada's lending rate remained at 1%. In Ontario, corn harvest continues in parts of the province where wet weather had delayed harvest. However, winter weather has descended across Ontario with moderate to heavy snow impacting many cornfields. Harvest of the crop left in these fields may be pushed into 2018. Most of the crop, however, is harvested in western Ontario and yields have been tremendous. The Statistics Canada projected corn yield of 169.5 bushels per acre, once negated here, has new residents. In southwestern Ontario, corn is piled everywhere. The big news in Ontario is the announcement from the Ministry of the Environment and Climate Change that Ontario is looking to move to a 10% ethanol mandate by 2020. This is seen as a boon to domestic corn production and ethanol refining. It is a big facet of increasing the Ontario demand for corn. If realized, it will reduce carbon emissions and stimulate the agricultural economy within Ontario. The focus now will be on how we move forward into 2020 and beyond. Corn basis levels have decreased through October and November as crop size was realized. Eastern Ontario still maintains an approximate 40 cent premium to basis levels in southwestern Ontario. This is usually always a fact and will likely be maintained into 2018 and beyond. The Canadian dollar has been fluttering around the 77 and 78 U.S. level, helping to maintain cash grain prices where they are. And it continues to buffer the Canadian cash prices here in Ontario. And you can access all of these Ontario grain prices by going to the marketing section of our website. 
Now, the bottom line is, December can be one of the most bearish times of the year for the grain market. In 2017, that might be the case, especially with the January USDA report in front of us. The January 12, 2018 USDA report will be the final estimate of yield on the 2017 crop. There are always fireworks on that day because of the implications on price. Now, if the USDA decides to raise yield even further on U.S. corn, it will have a very tough effect on prices. Of course, if the USDA cuts production, it will go the other way. Nobody knows. Corn demand is down from last year, but still pegged at 14.485 billion bushels, which is incredible. The main reason that prices have decreased over time is because our production propensity to continually raise yields. The science of this will likely continue, but not necessarily the weather to support it. Demand will likely continue to grow again, but eventually supply will have a hiccup and there will be a correction. Prices will eventually move up. Now, at the present time, weather for the South American soybean crop is benign. There's been some dryness in Argentina, but it's been mitigated by rain. Needless to say, rain totals and weather nuances in Brazil and Argentina for the next two months will be critical for soybean price movement as they produce half the world's soybeans. USDA has continued to say 108 million metric tons of Brazilian soybeans, while Conab has said 109.2 million metric tons. The road to getting this big crop will surely be uneven, and that will add to the soybean price volatility. Ethanol is always a big part of the equation when it comes to corn, and the boost in ethanol demand in the December USDA report was welcome. On the soybean side of the ledger, increased biodiesel demand, which is being predicted, needs to happen to further boost soybean demand. China's insatiable appetite for soybeans continues, but U.S. demand was cut in the December report. Simply put, even for soybeans, we cannot take anything for granted. Now for corn, corn nearby futures prices near the 340 level. It's not getting anybody excited. The burden of the big crop continues to weigh on both futures and cash prices. And in fact, we have been in this for quite some time. Over the last five years, from December through to the following November, the new crop corn prices have seen its highest weekly close in the first week of December. And for this year, that means a December futures of 385. Now we'll see what happens. Ethanol seems to be getting a little bit more buzz these days, especially with USDA raising ethanol demand in their December report by 50 million bushels. At the same time, you know that China is looking to use more ethanol in future years. Japan is now actively importing American ethanol. Canada remains the United States' biggest ethanol customer, partly because of demand for British Columbia. Then, of course, there is a recent Ontario announcement of moving toward a 10% ethanol blend by 2020. The March-May 2018 corn future spread is now minus eight and a quarter cents, which is considered bearish. The March corn contract is currently priced in the lower 10% of the market's past five-year price distribution range. And seasonally, over the last five years, the market tends to trend down through January. Now, for soybeans, soybeans are currently going into a critical phase in Brazil and Argentina. January and February are critical to yield in both of those South American countries. Recently, the soybean price was maintained by dryness in Argentina, but recent rains there quickly overtook this. Simply put, over the next eight weeks, weather markets in South America will affect the price of soybean futures. Presently, there are no real problems. However, this could change any time. This is a time when the United States usually takes over the world export market for soybeans as South American supplies dwindle. However, the December report showed a 25 million bushel decrease in U.S. exports. This is somewhat troubling, especially in a time when U.S. soybean prices are cheaper than South American supplies at the Gulf. It is likely to pick up in January. 
The January-March 2018 soybean future spread is minus 10 and 3 quarters cents, which is considered bearish. The January soybean futures contract is currently priced in the lower 31% of the last five-year price distribution range. Seasonally, over the last five years, nearby soybean futures tend to trend down through the first week of January. Now, for wheat, the wheat market continues to be under the burden of big global wheat supplies. This is happening, however, within a market that sometimes has a huge need for hard red spring wheat with really good protein levels. In fact, the popular press has ran many articles lately about bakers not having adequate supplies of protein-rich wheat. Russia and the Black Sea region continue to replace lost U.S. wheat acres on the global market, and as we move through winter, the focus for U.S. wheat will be on snow cover and the condition of the crop in the field. Now in Ontario, the wheat is now under a blanket of snow almost across the entirety of the province. Of course, at this point, there is no idea how it will emerge in three months' time. Keeping that Canadian dollar under 80 cents U.S. will remain helpful to Ontario wheat acres. Now, it would be nice to have a robust non-commercial demand sector for grain bursting at the seams. However, that is not the case, especially in a time where burdensome supplies worldwide. At the present time, non-commercials are short corn, approximately 200,000 contracts, with no signs of that ending. Of course, that can change very quickly, but is unlikely to do so until some type of production problem is come along in 2018. However, in this bearish environment with big ending stocks in the United States... It may not change even then. Now, the Canadian dollar continues to change the cash price optics in Ontario. The Bank of Canada has kept interest rates the same last month, and the Bank of Canada Governor Stephen Palaz continues to manage monetary policy on good Canadian economic numbers. Now, generally speaking, the value of the Canadian dollar has an inverse relationship to the value of the U.S. dollar, and this needs to be continually monitored. Any move upward into the 80-90 cent U.S. level is a major erosion of cash grain prices regardless of what futures prices do. Now, as stated earlier, the announcement of the move from Ontario to go to the 10% ethanol blend represents a significant structural institutional improvement in the long-term demand for Ontario corn. However, there's a difference between an announcement and actual demand being created. Over the next few years, infrastructure will need to be spawned to satisfy this demand. With the earlier creation of the Ontario ethanol industry partly forged through the past Ontario Ethanol Growth Fund, the industry should be poised to take advantage of this new regulatory environment. Now, despite the bearish market environment, history tells us that there will be many marketing opportunities ahead for both old and new crop. This is especially true when the many marketing tools available to farmers. However, it does not cure that bearish environment overnight. In December of 2017, that is where we find ourselves. The challenge for Ontario producers is to position themselves in front of the January 12th USDA report. Refine and retool these marketing plans for 2018. It surely will be a challenging year. This has been the Grain Farmers of Ontario Market Trends Commentary for December and January of 2018. I'm Philip Shaw.